with the best coaches in the game. <laughs> we really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block. Helmets, casket is got. You be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet. First place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteen, sixteen, twenty. So many helmets, you got blurred vision. We got too many. What's up, everyone? It is NFL Week Two, and this is the game plan where we break down every game of the week two slate from a betting angles and daily fantasy perspective. And of course, break out the core four games that we love to target in all your fantasy leagues, your, your DFS, of course. And um, we are brought to you today by DFS army and owner's box fantasy. So here we go. The game plan. All right, we're back for NFL Week 2. I've got the man himself, the elbow-to-fist assassin, John Statsational Alessia, sports gambling and DFS maven. What's up, my man? What's going on, man? The uh, Listen, I, I I just recently lost a relationship because of this fantasy DFS stuff. So this girl, just started dating this girl, and she's like, is this all you do all day is like sit in front of your computer? I said, sweetie, if, this, if, if you can't handle this, <laughs> then... We're definitely not going to be compatible. So, she, uh, ladies, I'm single again. She she could not handle that smoke. No, no. We don't watch That's TV. It. We don't we don't go out. There's no recreational time. It's sitting here analyzing, betting, and doing it again. That's how it, that's how it works around here, ladies. You don't like it. Take a walk. I think I think she was waiting to see if I won the million the uh, million dollars last weekend, and uh, that didn't happen. So I think that's when she finally made up her mind. I, it's pretty much yeah. You're finishing the uh, MLB final. She was yeah. like, yeah, you wasted all that time for this. No, <laughs> exactly, it. I'm exactly. Out. I'm out. All right. As always, we are brought to you by Owners Box Weekly Fantasy Sports, guys. You got to check this platform out. It's really cool. Um, so it's essentially very similar to FanDuel and DraftKings, except um, literally no sharks in there and my favorite format, super draft. So it's really cool because when you build correlation over there, you can build it, not QB plus one, but QB plus one, QB plus one. You can load up and have all these incredible correlated lineups. The field isn't really even that sharp, um, about that process yet over at owner's box. And one of the cool things, John, we've got a link in the description of this video, where if you click that to get to owner's box. And use promo code Drew9 because Drew Brees is one of their, you know, one of their owner sponsors. I don't even know. But they literally will give you $10 to play in a real money contest for free. So you don't even have to make a deposit to get the 10 bucks. Go over there. Just get the freebie. See how it goes. You might love the format. You might make a lot of money. Give it a shot. Owner's Box Weekly Fantasy Sports. Link in the description below. Now, John. We've got a big week of DFS action coming up week two, where it seems like all of the action is in on the afternoon games. Like I might not, I might just shut down all the morning games. You probably have to do something from those, but all the action is in the afternoon games. And we are going to bring you the core four games. We're going to break them down in depth and then go through every game 
in a brief breakdown as well to see if there are any fantasy or betting angles for us to exploit. Are you ready for this, John? As ready as I'm going to be. All right. Probably should have set up my screen share a little sooner than this, but here we go. Let's start with the core four games. And the first one I've got picked out for you, John. 49ers, Eagles. 50-point game total, three-point spread, Eagles, uh, 49ers on the road. Taking on the Eagles in Philly. 49ers last week, really weird shit going on over there. Benching um, uh, Ayuk, Trey Sermon, inactive. I don't know what the hell's going on. They lose Raheem Mostert. What is going on with these guys? I don't I don't know what the hell's going on there. I, I don't know. Um, you know, your guess is as good as mine. If you're playing in a uh, if you're playing in a season long league, I'm sure you saw the ridiculous bidding that was going on for Mitchell. And then I don't know, was it you who basically said that's ludicrous? Like, just no, I, I wasn't. I was one of okay. the idiots bidding. You're one of the. I actually yeah. put in. I put seventy fab in on him and and didn't get him. So I might I might be happy about that one as also because I had Mozart on that uh, team. I kind of had a bunch of injuries, so I kind of had to go all in. But um, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I got him everywhere. Like I, I went nuts, and then I had so many regrets. But I have so many leagues. I forgot where I had the bids. I was like removing some. You know, I don't know. I had a lot of regrets. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't feel good about it today. That's you're not going to. You know, it, we just don't know from a DFS standpoint too. It's like they run the ball; it's great. You love having a piece of San Francisco running backs, but then you just never know: are they going to go one running back? Is it going to be a? Is it going to be a split? I don't know if we're going to have that answer before this game. So that's going to be a tricky one from a from a running back standpoint. From a from a betting standpoint, you're going to have to help me a little bit with some of the games, uh, not from the betting a- aspect, but you know, I was at the uh, DraftKings event Sunday, the kickoff event. You're watching every game, but you're not watching every game because you've got people talking to you and mm. uh, and whatnot. And I was in Philly. All I heard was a lot of yelling from the Philly fans uh, with that game on Sunday. I know Hurts looked good. We they talked about so it before good. the season. I said, you know, that was a team I was willing to take a shot on to at least win that division strictly because of the quarterback. You know, I can you, you could have made a case for each one of the other teams to just not live up to their expectations. I know you liked uh, the football team, you liked Washington, um, which I could I could have seen that one as well. But um, you know, for the price, I thought Philly was worth a shot. And you tell me how how good did Hurts look? Yeah, I mean, he looks he looks the part. Listen, um, you watched for I'll give you just a contrast of Lamar Jackson. You watched him last week and. Like, obviously, we know Lamar Jackson, but he didn't look that good to me. He looked a little bit, still a little bit um, weird with his delivery and and sort of the way he was just throwing the football. Jalen Hurts continues to look the part, but it's hard to know if that was because Atlanta's defense is just terrible or not. But it's not just that Jalen looked the part. You got Rager out there contributing. You've got um, uh, Smith, Devonta Smith, looking like the man. Like, he looked great. Devonta Smith, man, wow. And then um, it looks like maybe Zach Ertz will be out, which will give us a little bit of kind of condensation around targets for D- Dallas Goddard. So there's some there's some really interesting DFS situations here in terms of just like liking the pieces from this uh, Eagles offense, uh, much more so b- because it's more condensed at this point. Like they don't have it's just Goddard, um, Smith, and really Rager. I-, I didn't see a whole lot going on with Quez Watkins at all to make me think, you know, He's a factor. He still will be. He'll be that guy who will have a couple of big games. But 
nice condensed offense. Um, not too much going on at the running situation where I'd be interested in playing Miles Sanders. Definitely still, and I'll show you the matchups tool here, but definitely still splitting them. And put this on screen. Um, definitely still splitting uh, those touches here. Miles Sanders only on the field, only getting about forty-eight percent of the carries um, on the field for sixty-six percent uh, of the um, of the touches. You saw Kenneth Gainwell come in a little bit. Kenneth Gainwell has certainly surpassed Boston Scott here in the um, in the in the rankings or in the pecking order, right? And so, yeah. But Hertz looks like the real deal. But we'll see against a real defense what that looks like. Um, on the flip side. Again, really just a lot of weirdness out of that San Francisco offense. I mean, Ayuk did wind up playing some snaps. No targets, though. Really weird. Um, Trent Sherfield, the starting wide receiver, literally had not heard of this man before. Yeah, now apparently there was some buzz around him in the preseason, but I, I didn't hear the buzz. So I hadn't I wasn't familiar with him at all. Didn't do a whole lot, but did catch get a touchdown. And then of course you can see the running back situation. What's interesting is Mitchell got almost all of the carries. Uh, really, Hasty only got a couple of touches. Yeah, that's that's you know that's why everyone went all in, right? So, what was you, you, the thing with Shanahan? I don't know. I mean, he's he seems like a pretty big disciplinarian. Um, you know, you kind of get in his doghouse. We'll, we'll I never see. knew this before, though. Like, I didn't I mean, know that either. But now, yeah, like that's, it that's just kind of seems like that right now. Has he always yeah, been? That? I know you, you kind of look, you know, you're like, oh, young guy, you know, young guys usually like kind of a player's type of coach. Uh, you know, you, you always equate the disciplinarian with the uh, old crusty, uh, you know, John Tom Coughlin's, the Tom Coughlin's of the world, yeah. you know, those, those type of guys. Um, you know, he always looks like a, uh, you know, he's, he still looks pretty young, um, looks like a player's guy. But yeah, apparently that's it. You know, he runs a pretty tight ship. A lot of the guys are interchangeable. That's, that's why they've never been, um, it's, this is an unusual one. I don't even know if I want a game if I'm if I'm that uh, optimistic and that uh, anxious here to game stack this this game. I've got my stack probabilities up. I don't have any of the individual uh, stacks in this game until you get into the low twenties, um, and then they're all kind of bunched up there. So, um, not one of the top stack plays of the day in this game, but it's a high total. You know, we could get a lot of points scattered throughout. Both teams, really. I'm looking through the stack probabilities. I can't even find. Um, you got to get down to like 21, 22 yeah, before you get them. Way, it's way down there. Hurts, Dallas Goddard coming up 25th. So, um, you know, and those are the probability. Hurts, Rager, 32nd. So, um, yeah, these are the probabilities of these stacks winding up. in. Also, uh, yeah, if you bring that up. Also, if you notice, the, I, I do a percentage there. So, if you look at the not quarterback percentage, um. So the lower that number is means, you know, when it's in red there, that means that the quarterback is really taking the bulk. And a lot of times you're going to see that with um, a quarterback who can run, which hurts can. So the stack isn't necessarily, you know, that probability is coming a lot from the quarterback side of it. Uh, you kind of like to have the ones that are in the green because that's quarterback throwing to receiver a lot more often. Yeah. I mean, in the end of the day, my my take on this game is I, I do like the game for DFS purposes. Um, I, I do think that Chay, uh, Smith and Rager are cheap enough that if they or, or Goddard all cheap enough that if um, if Hertz is doing it, throwing to them, that those stacks will look pretty good this week. 
Um, you know, again, there are just much, much sexier ones that we're going to take a look at, but those will look pretty good. On the flip side, it's really hard for me to like anything on the San Francisco side. You know, Debo Samuel, individual piece, great. If we figure out that Eli Mitchell is the actual starter, then sure, you know, that's fine. And, um, you know, I can't really think of anything else on maybe Kittle. George Kittle's always in play, I guess. So those would be the three pieces. I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo guy. I actually saw Trey Lance come in, steal a touchdown last week. So, you know, I'm not a Jimmy G guy. I'm not going to play him. But I like the other pieces on San Francisco. Any betting angles in this game that we should be aware of? Like, it's a three-point spread. Um, San Francisco road team. Do you think that uh, is appropriate? Yeah, no, I like the spread. Uh, I, I, I like where the number is. I think it's the right number. But I, if I had a lean here, it's going to be on the Philly side. Um, you know, back-to-back Eastern games for San Francisco. I like, uh, I, I told you I'm just a little bit bullish on, on Philly. I think we can probably get some prices on Philly early in the year before maybe um, the market catches up. So if I had a lean here, San Francisco was definitely the more overrated team coming into the year. I think that's how you have to bet early in okay. the season. And uh, so if, I, so if I'm, I'm making a play, if I'm in a, in a pool especially, uh, you're going to want, I'll take the home dog here. Yeah, there we go. I I, I feel that I, I can I can appreciate that. And um, you know, standalone plays. Yeah, I think you do have a few nice little standalone plays. I think if Jalen Hurts can probably be played um standalone, but certainly uh Smith, Rager, Goddard, all very good at playable pieces. Last week we saw Debo Samuel go bananas. And of course, if we figure out that Eli Mitchell is a, is the guy, somehow if we get some miraculous knowledge of, of that, then we can certainly um target him as as a straight play. Um next week all right let's move on to game two of the core four we've got oh let's go with the best one should we save it for last yeah i'm saving it for last all right all right all right not going with the best one we're going game two vikings cardinals okay really exciting game john with the uh total set at 51 points cardinals coming in at home three and a half point home favorites not much of a favored situation going on here. And it's got that magical three and a half point number that gamblers. So uh, the love hate relationship is that number. So what do you think of the lines here? Any betting angles stand out to you first and foremost? Yeah, my lean is going to be on uh, Arizona here. I know you hate to give up the hook with the three and a half, but again, similar situation to what we were talking about with Philly for me. Um, I had Minnesota as an as as a team that was a bit overrated coming into the year, um, and again I had Philly. So that that sort of uh, uh, I'm sorry Arizona in this case I had Arizona as a uh, team that I would have bet to win that division. Um, not that I thought that necessarily would, but I think they have a shot. And it, it's all quarterback based. I think when you look at these things, you have to try to identify which quarterback potentially can make that jump and be the elite quarterback, those are the ones who are going to win divisions. Those are the ones who go to the playoffs most often. We know what Kirk Cousins is. Nice you know, nice quarterback to to have if you don't have an elite guy, but not going to do much else for you. So I like the Cardinals in this game. Um, and uh, so if, if I had to take the game, I'm laying the three and a half. Yeah, I mean, looking at the uh, line for me, I, I like the over here. So just the, the offense for Arizona just is on point right now, right? Four wide all the time not doing a whole lot of slowness not running the football a whole lot connor you know get a couple touches but reminds me of last season when drake would come in 
you know, just just to the obligatory runs because you're supposed to do that. It's almost like it's almost like they run the football almost out of obligation to you're probably supposed to run it once in a while just to keep the other team honest. But this team wants to throw, throw and throw um, and they are clicking right now. So I like the over because on the Viking side of the football, they're in, they're in a lead offense that has not changed from last year. It's exactly the same group. You've got um, you've got all those elite wide receivers stealing. Um, Jefferson and now a new guy in there. I can't even remember his name, but they have a third wide receiver in there that was doing a little bit of damage last week. And, you know, and Dalvin Cook's still there. So they've got this very sort of, they got this offense that's been doing this. We know what they do, right? Kirk Cousins. We know what this group can do. It's been the same group for the last few years and they should be able to keep up Arizona's defense. I don't, I don't think what we saw last week was Arizona being great. I think what we, uh, Osborne, there, fucking Kanger, man. Always here, knowing it. Osborne had like nine targets last week. An interesting, like, DFS super punt going forward. We'll see if that ever happens again. Seems unlikely, but, you know, let's keep an eye on this Osborne kid as well. Good good uh, Kanger here, man, fucking crushing it. But um, overall, I think the Vikings could keep up. And and if if Cardinals are putting pressure on them, we could see an over. So I, I like I like this game to play to the over. 51 points total. You know, it just seems a little low for me. I'd probably have this line set more at 54-5 uh, on this particular game. So let's see what happens. But I like the overside of this one. As far as uh, DFS angles, what do you do, John, with a Kyler Murray? Last week, he dragged a couple of his wide receivers along for monster games. Of course, everybody played Rondale Moore, A.J. Green, and DeAndre Hopkins, and it was Christian Kirk who caught the two tutties. So this served, right? I actually made sure I got some Kirk because I had that thought in my mind of if everybody playing Rondale, of course, you know, it's going to go to Kirk because that's how DFS karma, like, works, right? That's how, um, what is it, uh, what do they call it, uh, Murphy's Law is in these games. So what do you think here? Do you, how do you, how do you approach this type of stack? You you want to look. This is one of those games. I think you're going to want to have three pass catchers in the game with the quarterback. Um, three, and three. Yeah. Well, so you're going to have probably if you know if you're taking uh, Murray, you're going to probably want two of the the Cardinals with one of the uh, with one of the Vikings or vice versa. I, I I like this game either side. Quite honestly, um, one of the big sharp DFS players I was with this weekend, and we were talking about it. He actually played in a in a single lineup three of the Cardinals. I saw it. I don't and know. He, by the way, he yeah. lost. So let's he did not, lose. I'm not saying much, but you know, that was an interesting, was an interesting way to go. He likes to go pretty uh, contrarian. Um, and that was one where I think he only had two or three. It was a, like a two or three max. So, um, and he went that way. I wouldn't necessarily do that. I think at some point, you know, you, you're just not going to get three receivers on the same team. Now I've been, I'm, I want to start doing something. Um, I, I started tracking something on my own. Hopefully I can, uh, maintain it every every uh week but i was looking at the breakdown like on DraftKings, what percentage of the um of their total points did each position account for and and then so arizona had about 55 percent of their total points were to the wide receiver minnesota was 49 percent of their total points and what's even more important is are they scoring a lot of points because there was some team like the giants who had a ton of uh, points or a, t- a high percentage to their wide receiver. But if they don't score any points, that really doesn't matter. So when you do that and you, and you factor in how many points, it was Arizona was second behind Dallas last week in percentage uh, to the wide receiver plus the points accounted for, and Minnesota was fourth. So 
I think this is a game that we could, you know, I, with Cook, you know, you have a guy like Cook, you think they're going to be, you know, you're going to use Cook, pound the ball. But in a game with with Murray, I think you're going to have to keep you're going to have to keep up, and I think it, it's going to lend itself again to a uh, passing type of game. So I like your play, I like your idea on the over, and I also like stacking this game. There we go. Yeah, I mean DFS stack all the stacks this week, all the game approaches are going to be eclipsed to me by one game. That's the final on our core four. But before we move on to game number three on the core four, I want to remind everybody: listen, John Statsation Alessia is giving out his bets every single day along with a team of incredible handicappers over at sharpbets.app if you're on if you're in dfs army you can get the sharp bets just go into our sign up page click on sports betting it'll take you over to sharpbets.app um, and get signed up there or the easiest way to check out what they do is download the sharp app where they're giving out a free month of sharpbets.app service for everybody who just downloads a free app which gives you comparative odds gives you John's master training class in how to bet on sports, which that alone you'd have to pay. John, if you were selling that training course, the master class in sports betting, easily $4.99, $5.99 per person for that kind of training course. We're giving that out for free. All you got to do is download the Sharp app. So, guys, check that out. Um, you are going to want this uh, if you're into betting on sports at all. You get the free bet of the day. And, of course, you get a free month of sharpbets.app betting service and community. So definitely something you want to check out. Um, all right, let's move on to game number three on the core four. I wrote it down. Titans, Seahawks. Here we go. 53-point total, five-and-a-half-point spread, Seattle at home. Last week we saw a Titans team. I like the stud off a dud narrative. Okay, that's the thing I like, Right. And the Titans team is a stud, and it's coming off a dud. So they look like shit last week, John. Now they go out to Seattle. Seattle, a team that tends that can produce high-flying shootout-type games. Sometimes not, but they definitely have that in them. Do the Titans bounce back here this week and show their offense with, what, what, you know, Julio, A.J. Brown, uh, Derek Henry, Derek Novhenber, Henry, I don't know, slow starter, Derek Henry. What's going on with the Titans? This is a dangerous game for Tennessee, and a, a could be a very um, precarious start to their season. We know the whole oh, you know, starting zero and two, and how often you make the playoffs. I guess now with an extra game, maybe those numbers are going to change. But you know, everyone talks about zero and two. Really, losing two games in a row at any point in the season is not uh, ideal to trying to make the playoffs. This is going to be a tough game in Seattle. We know how hard it is to play in Seattle. Russell Wilson at home doesn't lose. So I would I, I am not looking I, I I'm not very bullish on Tennessee. Listen, this is another team I thought was a bit overrated coming into the year. This defense is not good, which is why this is one of the core four games. We love when Russ gets to play a team like this because we talk about it often. Russ when Russ gets in games with other teams that can score, then he puts up big numbers. And question, this is going to be that type of game. Yeah, I mean the question is, can Tennessee score? They could not score last week. They looked I, like shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll. I think the offense will look a little bit better. Uh, it's, it's tough to look worse, um, but I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with uh, with with Seattle in this game. So I like Seattle. Um, I don't have it as a play. I've got a couple of different things in my models that are pointing in both directions, so I'm going to pass on the game. But from a DFS standpoint, I think it's pretty juicy. Yeah, I mean, um, I think 
what needs to happen for Russ to cook is that the Titans are going to have to barbecue because they're from Tennessee and Tennessee people eat barbecue. You get it? I just want to make sure that that came through little Nashville style barbecue, little hot rub on the brisket. They're going to have to barbecue the Titans here. They're going to have to be scoring. So if I'm loading up this game, it is a classic scenario where you need pieces from Tennessee delivering in order for the Seattle offense to elevate to tournament winning levels. Therefore with Russ, Last week, it was a lot of Tyler Lockett, but it was a lot of variance, John. It was that he did not throw more to Lockett than Metcalf. It just Lockett got the touch, right? Variance. We go right over to Metcalf this week. Russ, Metcalf is your primary. Of course, Russ, Metcalf, Lockett, certainly viable. Never love the super expensive triple stack, but it's viable. But you've got to bring it back with pieces from the Titans. A.J. Brown is the guy. It's probably going to be A.J. Brown here. Julio. Looked a little off. Hard to believe that that's going to change. But but again, tournament, maybe Julio. Maybe that salary has dropped enough on Julio to make it interesting. And then uh, Derrick Henry is always in the mix as well. Just never know. Seattle defense, not that good against the run. Um, Chris Carson in play as well, but kind of if I'm not game stack. I don't want him in a game stack. He doesn't do any good for Russ or anybody like that. If he's, if he's cooking himself, then Russ probably isn't. You know, that was, I, I ran, uh, you know, just like I said, I like to just run kind of raw the, with the the numbers over from uh, the, the projections DFS Army has just to take a look. I was getting a lot of Chris Carson in this one. Yeah, he projects well as a solo play. I don't want him in these game stacks, but standalone, I think he's a good play. Yeah. Uh, not the best play. Chris Carson's upside seems so limited. He never kind of crosses 18 fantasy points. He, he just, he seems to hit a cap. Absolutely, yeah. I, I had him one time, uh, boy, for two hundred fifty grand. Game went to overtime. I came in third place. It, it two fifty if I come in first, but uh, and and it it was brutal. But yeah, the um, I do agree with you. Carson probably a, probably a, a decent floor this week. Pretty nice floor. Um, but in in GPPs, I don't you know that thirty when that I was kind of surprised when when that number came to me just by running it. So that's definitely not going to be where I'm at. No, he's Sunday. just. He- yeah, it's it's because he projects as it's that high floor, limited ceiling type of cash play situation. There are a bunch of running backs in the exact same salary range as Chris Carson that are very enticing because of their um, uh, snap counts from last week. We'll get into that as we get into some of those games. But yeah, for me, um, you know, Chris Carson cash game type piece never really has a ton of that, you know, the cross 20 fantasy points per game upside that I'm looking for. All right. The last game on the core four, and the best game. Cowboys, Chargers. Chargers at home, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Cowboys have not had a dud offensive performance when Dak has been in the helm going back forever, at least through last season to the year before. Literally every time Dak has been at the helm of a game, it has exploded with fantasy points. And this at this point is a legitimate trend that I cannot ignore. As a bonus, the Cowboys lost, um, you know, one of their defensive ends, Lawrence. So just another defensive player down for an already not very good Dallas defense. How does this, John, I mean, even 55 and a half might not be enough. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, this one has all the makings of a of a absolute shootout. So the fifty five and a half, I agree, might be a little low. The Chargers number, I three and a half. Again, we're talking about that hook on the game, and I, I think it's a fair line here. The down, uh, you know, as you, you're talking about that with Dallas and all the points that they've been scoring fantasy wise with Dak and real game wise. But how many of these games are they winning? Like they're not winning. These they keep games. losing the games. It's even better. Yeah, they're behind. Great. They're chasing, yeah. and it's just like so many points are flying for both teams. It's amazing. It, it's been great. Now that stat that I told you that I looked at last week with the uh, percentage to the wide receivers. Um, so Arizona and the Minnesota game that was two and four. Well, this game Dallas was one last week, and the Chargers were three. So you know those are the two games this week. And don't try to overthink this. Um, I know people are going to be like, well, you know, a lot of people are going to be on this game. They are, but it easily could be, you know, a, between that game and the Arizona game, I think those are the, those are the my two favorite games um, of the week. So don't don't try to overthink it. You could still win by taking stacks in this game. It's just going to be what are the pieces that you put with it. Um, and people, I, th- I think, I think a lot of people try to. Uh, I'll say it again, kind of overthink, try to be smarter than the market here until they show otherwise. I mean, this team is just, you, you keep running them out there and you're going to, you're going to cash uh, more often than not. So I like, I like this game a whole bunch. Yeah. I mean, you know, just again, Dak is so good that Dallas defense for some reason just cannot stop anything. So it leads to these incredible high flying games or it has as a bonus, no Michael Gallup. We get a very cheap, um, uh, uh, Cedric Wilson as a potential super punt in this one, but we also get much more targeted and focused offense heading to Amari Cooper and CD lamb, both guys floating right around a 30% target share. That is elite. And for some reason, DraftKings is like, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to raise the salaries up. We're good. It's fine. Like what the fuck DraftKings? Like at this point, Cooper and lamb should be well in the seven K's well in the seventh case seven case and they're under their six 6400 for cd lamb is borderline criminal they also obliged us by dropping zeke elliott down to 6200 which listen there are some concerns about zeke elliott in terms of how how he performed last week but he was on the field for 84 percent of the snaps even last week in an impossible matchup against the Tampa defense that no one runs well against. So we knew to fade Zeke going into that game. Am I really supposed to come out of that game going, oh, Zeke sucks now. I knew I faded him because he was never going to have a good game. That's fucking Tampa, right? Flip side, we've got a pretty good Chargers offense here. Herbert and crew put up over 400 total yards against this Washington football team Last week, Washington supposedly a very good defense, but here they are giving up a ton of yards. Um, so many interesting angles here. Austin Eckler, no targets last week, just rushes. Am I tripping? What am I watching? Why aren't they throwing to Eckler? That will change here. So look for Eckler to bounce back, but I actually am encouraged by how many carries he had. And then the, the biggest thing for me and the biggest mind blower coming off of last week, and of course, Unfortunately, the salaries reflected on DraftKings, but not on FanDuel, where we get a freebie on Mike Williams at 5,400. Love, or 5,600 on Fit. Mike Williams on FanDuel is essentially a free square this week at 5,600. 
I might go 100%. John, is it crazy to go 100% on a wide receiver, especially one as volatile as Mike Williams? Uh, crazy, no. But um, listen, I I don't do – that's not typically how I play it. It's not how you roll. I know it. That's not how I do it. But I understand the thought process there. I'm not totally against um, doing that. It's a little, you know, uh, it's tough for me. I had – you know, like 50,000 at risk last week. So for me to, you know, put, shove it all in on one player, it's, it's a little difficult. If you're playing it recreationally, you want to give it a shot. I don't mind making those type of bets. Uh, these things are, you know, if you're in a big GPP, it's so hard to win. If he is the nuts, that, that of course gives you a lot more options to, uh, to win it. If I'm trying to win the $5 fan duel, $5 to enter fan duel Sunday million that they've been running, right? Really great contest. I encourage everybody to, load up on that specific FanDuel has really great contest structures, um, especially at different salary uh, dollar amounts, entry levels. And I want to give myself the best chance. If I go all in on Mike Williams, right? 12 targets, eight receptions last week, the ultimate scenario for scoring fantasy points against Dallas. I lock in one of the variables in this lineup where the whole goal is we've got, we've got, seven or eight variables in each lineup. If I can remove one and just mix up the rest of them and I'm correct in that removal, the free square, whatever, and that works and a cheap wide receiver in that scenario, that could be that situation. If that works, then you're basically exponentially increasing your odds of hitting an ideal tournament winning lineup. Like, it massively increases your chances. But of course, if you're wrong, you get you reduce your chance to zero. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you do something like that, what you want to be is a lot more diverse than maybe you normally play uh, with the rest of your lineups, right? Anytime you're going to get really laser focused, maybe on a particular game or or uh, you know, stacks, whatever it is, then the rest of your lineup needs to be balanced out more in a really diverse way. So you're going to have to start playing, you know, if you're doing 150 lineups, there's going to be a lot of really crappy players that are, you know, the 1%, 2% owned. You need to uh, expand your player pool, I believe, when when you do that um, so that you're not too focused on one. So that's how I kind of balance it out if I get really heavy on a particular game, let's say. Essentially, yeah. I mean, this is something, by the way, guys, we can flesh out when we back test, but I did a little bit of this in my back testing. And yeah, I do note that, you know, going all in on a spot or two, you want to be right. But like, if you do it too many spots, you're opening up the odds that one of your all ins is wrong or one of your heavy exposures is wrong. And that, that, that kind of screws it up. So going all in in one spot, you don't need to be as heavy. What really John, to translate what you're saying, you don't need to be as heavy on every other spot. You can, and it allows for more diversification, which increases your odds of sort of hitting that right mix. Like it increased your odds last week of accidentally falling on DeAndre Swift in a couple of lineups, even though that guy would just never be in your lineup last week. But yet, if you have that level of diversification because you've all in some other spots, all of a sudden, yeah, oh shit, I had 5% because you were just increasing your diversity or, oh my gosh, I had Jamal Williams. Like what the hell I did? And, and you know, so, and then you smash. So, that is an interesting um, approach to it. But this game across the board, John, four-man yeah. stacks, five-man stacks. You can't stack enough. Keenan out, Dak, Lamb, Cooper, Allen, um, Williams. Throw Eckler in the mix. 
get them all in the same lineups together. There is not, uh, you know, even Cedric Wilson, there's borderline not, I, I can't see like where you can overdo it. You could just load the fuck up on this game. Uh, I agree. And, and that's again, so you want to talk about being different. Oh, I, you know, I'm going to kind of fade this game because I don't, because everyone's going to be on it. Well, you want to be different, play, play five players in this game, play the, yeah. play the running back with the receiver. That's going to be a little bit different. Um, as well, which uh, both running backs in this situation, I think, are playable. You could play both running backs in the same game, which is not a strategy that most people like to do, but you could do that in this game. Um, so you can be different and play the best game on the board. Tight ends. Um, so actually, let's take a look at the screen here because I got my matchups tool going. And tight ends, I think, are viable as well. Uh, last week, you saw um, Jared Cook. He actually got a 17% target share. So he was really being used and mostly running routes where Don Parnum uh, Jr. Uh, was actually in blocking. So it was Jared Cook for the Chargers. Very reasonable. And interestingly for the Cowboys, you know, it's a pretty interesting mix between Schultz and Break. It's actually really hard to play the Cowboys guys because, I mean, Dalton Schultz got a few more targets. He was on the field just a smidge more, but it seems to be like a TEBC gross situation on the Cowboys, but they're cheap enough that it's fine and you could still get away with playing one of them. But, you know, I'm not making a priority either one because I'm not really sure if it's Schultz or Jerwin right now on the Cowboys as the or if there will be a primary. Schultz showed well last season. And then um, on the Chargers, yeah, Jared Cook looks like he's the guy. So it looks like they're throwing a Jared Cook. Let's just do that. All right, that does it for the core four, John. And now we're going to shift over and do a brief look at all of the rest of the games of the week and get some DFS and betting angles. We're going to, we're going to speed round this and go through the rest of these games and see if we can find any nuggets of goodness. So let's start with the Bengals bears, 45 point total uh, bears, two and a half point favorite still rolling out Andy Dalton in the revenge narrative against his former team. Um, John, I, I can't get behind an Andy Dalton led team. That's favorite. I, I don't understand that. I, I like the Bengals here, man. I, I want to take the I want to take the two and a half. Actually, I want to buy it up to three and a half. So we took this game earlier in the week. I'll give it out, um, you know, because we had it at three early in the week already. Uh, so we, we we already took the Bengals. There it over is at uh, Sharp Bets, uh, SharpBets.app. So I'm locked in at three, and after we bet it, it has come down to the two and a half. I don't think you're going to see this game come back up to uh, to plus three. I think. Uh, the I only mean, points that seems to have moved it all the way to minus one, unless that's a typo. Yeah, that one looks a little, I'd, I'd have to look into that one. Um, I, I noticed that as well. But yeah, two and a half is pretty much where you're getting it across the board. Um, you know, the Cincinnati offense is pretty good. That Bears defense, I'm not, you know, the Bears, that was the whole team, right? It was the defense. They've got to the playoffs with, with Trubisky pretty much because that defense was so nasty. I was, again, I was at that event um last week and and there and uh, we wound up out for the night game um at a at a club of all things and i was with a bear a bears fan who was part of the event and i just kept busting his chops i'm like is is Khalil max still on this team and he's like oh man you know i didn't even see him on the field like i mean you saw, i saw him on the field i didn't see him make a play um so i don't know what's up with that defense this bangle offense is pretty good i'm a big burrows guy uh so i i'd be leery of this game. I think it's going to take fields coming in this game at some point and just being a totally different, obviously so much different than Andy Dalton. 
and shaking it up. I think the Bengals are going to prepare for fields. We did see him get a few snaps last week. So I don't think they'll be totally shocked, um, you know, if he does come in the second half. But I don't know how long Nagy can can uh, can stand. They lose this game. Uh, I think that's it. I think it's Fields the rest of the way. Fields should be starting this game. Um, Andy Dalton does not give them a chance to win. It's gross. I can't play um, Allen Robinson. I, I can't play any of the offensive pieces. Uh, Montgomery is of interest in this one just because the Bengals really bad against the run. Um, on the flip side, I don't think a lot of people will play Joe Mixon, even showing 30-plus touches last week that he is an extreme workhorse that should spec out perfectly for this game. I will play some Joe Mixon based on just the usage from last week um, and the reputational fear that that comes from it being the Bears, right? But overall, um, yeah, I like the Bengals side of this game. Uh, uh, offensive pieces, you got to like uh, Chase and what he did in, in his first game. T. Higgins is fine as well, still underpriced. So there, there is a whole lot of interesting angles on this game, even though it doesn't project uh, to a high total. And I'm all about it. So I like the Bengals side. I also like Montgomery. And, you know, if this was a showdown, I'd be playing Fields in the in the MVP and captain just in case they sub him in at some point. But they're probably going to have to do it. Like I said, you can't maintain this Andy Dalton dead-armed nonsense for very long. I made a ton of money last week betting every prop that was against Dalton having a good game. Just got through the under 209-yard one where he got 206. I was sweating that one out a little bit, but under, you know, no pass over 30 yards. He can't complete a deep pass. It's not a good scene. It's not a good scene. Uh, I like the Bengals. I like the Bengals to cover the spread and also for their offensive pieces to do well for fantasy. Um, all right, Texans, Browns. Browns ahead. Uh, Browns favored by 12.5 points. 47 and a half point total monster team total for the Browns. The bookmakers are not giving the Texans much respect after last week's thrashing of the Jaguars. What's up with that? Yeah. It's a, it, you know, that's one of those where everyone's more focused on how bad the Jaguars are, uh, the urban Meyer situation. And they're just saying, well, that was a one-off. I don't know if it is, uh, you know, Taylor, I, I didn't pay much attention to him prior to the season but right before that game i started hearing some some rumbling some from some people they're like be on you know watch watch out for tyrod taylor like he's going to be a different uh player i think he's another one of those guys who got his eyes fixed as well uh, and who knows yeah someone said you know he it was like uh james who got the uh lasix right or whatever he, he had his eyes fixed and if that's true i don't know i didn't i didn't look at it um yeah i would i would imagine good eyesight probably helps you as a quarterback so i would imagine that though you took a fucking eye test like last year or the year before that. Like, how does it? How well, James couldn't career? see. How the fuck is it? Well, who's too embarrassed to wear glasses? Too nerdy? I don't understand it. Well, listen, I I can't. I can barely see the screen, and I don't like to wear them. But either, but uh, you know, that's because you don't you don't fancy yourself a geek. Fucking glasses part of the uniform, you, baby. You know, I watched your show last night, the Wise Guys, on the Sharp app. You're you're becoming the Meyer Lansky now of uh, that's what I'm I'm the consigliere uh, yeah, you know yeah. the Meyer Lansky to the um so, yeah I'm 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 not I'm definitely not the uh you know the the Sonny Corleone here no no you're not the hothead no you're, you're very level headed and you're you're gonna you're gonna be able to guide us in a in an intellectual way consigliere yeah that's what because I can I always I you know if I wasn't the geek I'd be the consigliere already. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that was my other choice for that was it for, yeah. yeah that was my other choice yeah. back in the day <laughs> so 
Um, Texans. I, I gave this game out, by the way, so I'm not going to, I don't want to give uh, too much out on it, but I did give this game as a play over at sharpbets.app. And uh, yeah, big spread. You know, these big spreads are not typically the games that we like to target from a uh, stacking standpoint, right? Any, anything over a touchdown. No. We're looking for those tight spreads with high totals. This, yeah, this, this is just it. a brown. This is a Browns running game spot, and that's it. So you want Chubb here? He should destroy this Texans um, defense. Um, they're going to keep using him, especially if they're ahead. So it, this is Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb. He's a little expensive, but it's a Nick Chubb game. I think that's the only offensive piece I'm interested on either team. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Rams. Colts. Forty-seven and a half point total. Rams road three and a half point favorites. My boy Darrell Henderson and his crew, Cooper Cup, all of them heading out to the Colts. Um, there are some interesting salaries for this game um, that make me sort of fascinated. Like FanDuel has Cooper Cup, I think at like sixty four hundred or some ungodly cheap price point. They're like, uh, did they see what happened last week? Did they not see that this man is being thrown to a ton? I don't know what the hell's going on. But, um, John, any betting angles here that we need to take a look at? It's a close spread again. I like this game. Um, I have not given it out yet, so I'm gonna, but I will. Um, so I'm going to kind of hold off on the on the side that I, that I particularly like. Um, as far as the total, let me see the, uh, yeah, the 40. It's an odd one, right? We the number's pretty tough. That that total's a tough n- number. Now we saw the the Rams look really good against again. We just talked about that Bears defense. I don't know if that Bears defense is that strong. So I don't know if we can just say you know uh, Stafford's just going to be lightening it up every week. Stat, you know, you look at Stafford's numbers. It's basically the same as Goff um, in a lot of in a lot of areas. So I don't know that uh, this this is necessarily going to be you know they're they're going to be putting up ridiculous numbers uh, each and every week. The Colts had a fairly good defense um, last year. So it wasn't a team that we were really targeting in, in, in these type of matchups. And what are we getting with Wentz? So I, you know, I don't know. They didn't look, they didn't look particularly good last week. I had higher hopes. I think you did as well for the Wentz uh, Reich combination to be back. I think Wentz is Wentz. Yeah, I I go back to Wentz just not being very good. I I don't think he's very good. I don't think it it does not seem like Frank Reich uh, is going to be able to change that all that much better than what he had going on with the Eagles. But still, I think he's just the guy that he is, which is, you know, a little bit boneheaded. Maybe it'll take him a few more years um, to sort of reduce those mistakes. But I definitely am not a big Wentz against an elite defense is a good situation guy, right? Like this is the Rams. The Rams are good. Take a look at some interesting um, snap percentages on the Rams side here on screen. So Darrell Henderson, 94% snap count. What? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you nailed, you nailed that one. Uh, I'm kind of happy I released Sony Michelle before that trade in one of my keeper leagues. So, <laughs> I mean, Sony Michelle's fine, but like, come on, Darrell Henderson, on the field, nonstop in this game, getting all the carries. I love it. Right now, Colts, good defense, but Darrell Henderson, still underpriced, um, 5,700 on DraftKings, 64, still a cheap play, could see a lot of running back action in this game. Cooper Cup, 38% target share. 
What are you fucking kidding me? Then and he's still cheap on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, Robert Ward's not out there as much. A little bit weird. Not sure what happened there. Um, 76% still fine. Could have a bounce back game, but he was definitely not the guy that you saw um, Matt Stafford looking for in this game. And of course, Tyler Higby, 100% snap count. Every snap of the game, he's there. He's doing his thing. Higby will have big games this year if he's going to get that kind of usage. So I love the condensation of this um, offense. I got to get my boy Van Jefferson on the list here, my man. Um, he's missing from the list. That's but, which list? That's not mine. That's not mine. Oh, well, we got to get that. Van Jefferson on here. So, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, I've seen a player missing here. Van. VJJ. Yeah, he was out there as well. So Van Jefferson also saw a nice little snap count in this game. Um, so that was uh, really exciting as well. But Higby, one hundred percent. I like the I like the focused offense of the Rams on the um, on the Colts side. Like, what are you going to do? Pittman was out there the whole game. Didn't get a whole lot of looks. Pascal out there. He got the touchdowns. It's a lot of spread out. Naeem Hines. Look at you know Jonathan Taylor had a good game, but he was only on the field for 55% of the snaps. Himes out there for 45. That is gross. I do not like that situation at all. So Colts just, you know, after week one, got me a little bit concerned. Rams, I love the condensation, uh, the the tightness of the offense overall. So that's the team I'm interested in here a little bit. All right. I thought that was your sheet. I'm like, John, what's going on? No, that wasn't me, man. No, there it is. It's not yours. I think um, the, stack, right. the stacks is mine, and I, I think the the best stack we have is their twentieth, which is the uh, Stafford Cup, uh, which is not bad. I like to kind of stick in that top twenty range when I'm looking at stacks. Man, I'm fascinated that the number one stack, Allen to Diggs. Yeah, why not? Fucking Allen to Diggs, Murray to Murray. Yeah, uh, Prescott to Cooper, number three. But I mean, these are the ones you want to play, guys. Yeah. yeah, stick with the top ten. It's all good. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna keep a tab and uh, on the bottom each week so you guys could go back and, and kind of look at it. Oh, but see what worked? Yeah, you'll it's you're gonna see the top ten stacks really consistently are the highest scoring stacks. So don't don't get crazy. Don't don't start this, thinking I got to put a two a stack in there. And this and, is know. so helpful for DFS Army guys. Like guys, we have all these questions, right? We're like, what should we do? Stick with this group here. Right, stick in the top group. Well, make sure we get CD in there. So stick with this group. <laughs> I want to make sure you get CD Lamb. Uh, these top sixteen, like so you'll get them. You'll get them. Like if you go back up there, you know you're gonna get these guys when you look at opposing pass catcher. Oh yeah, yeah, the, he'll pop in. So of course, so and, and like I the like nine is you know you could have a Herbert Allen Lamb, you know things like that. So. And of course, I, I like the three man stacks anyway. So I'm getting all that goodness anyway. Um, all right. What did we just talk about? Rams, Colts. We got Bills, Dolphins here. I just talked a little bit about Josh Allen, the number one stack on the board this week, according to the stack probability tool over at DFSArmy.com. This is a pretty interesting game. High scoring, 47.5 points. Um, Bills, stud, coming off a little bit of a dud game. So I like that. Josh Allen disappointed everybody last week. Stephon Diggs disappointed everybody last week. The volume was there. The, it just, you know, it wasn't connecting. I think there were 14 targets for Stefan Diggs. He's still doing his thing. So any betting angles, another three and a half pointer, man, 47 and a half point total. I actually lean Miami in this game, which I think people will be shocked. So the, the public's going to come in on Buffalo. There's no yes. doubt about that. Right? Yes. Um, 
Miami looked, you know, I was kind of keeping an eye on that game uh, a little bit because uh, I'm in a massive uh, survival pool and I had a couple of pieces, I had a couple of New England um, in there because it's you really need to go deep. There's double picks. Uh, so I was kind of keeping an eye on that game. And, um, you know, it's tough. It's it's tough when you when you go up against a rookie quarterback to to get a, a really good idea on on how good the defense is. Uh, but they played really well. I'm not still, you know, I'm still not totally convinced on Tua. This is more of a, a Buffalo play. Uh, my lean here on Miami, I think, is Buffalo. Yeah, I, I get Buffalo, but I think another team that I want to kind of, I think maybe maybe a little uh, a little overrated. Then you know, I, I could totally see this team taking a step back. And by a step back, that doesn't mean they miss the playoffs. But maybe, you know, everyone's kind of given this team they're going to make the next step to the Super Bowl. It doesn't always work that way. Uh, so this is more, I know people are going to be like, uh, how could you take Miami? But they put three and a half on it for a reason. And sometimes the, the the games that look the most difficult, the hardest bet to make, those are the, those are the good ones. So um, I would lean Miami here, certainly in an in a office pool type of setting. You're, you're going to get high leverage against the field on, on a Miami bet. Really, really scary. No one's going to bet Miami. So that is definitely not what the public is going to do here. So, you know, that's a little contrarian action. I like it. I like the thought process behind it. Um, really tough uh, to deal with the Miami offense, though, in terms of uh, fantasy. Uh, last week, Jalen Waddle showed pretty well. I mean, um, but, you know, Devontae Parker, fine as well. Uh, Will Fuller comes back this week. So they're going to have a pretty complete set of weapons. It's impossible to know. Um kind of how that split is going to work itself out. Fuller, I think, is great. Waddle is elite. Uh, you know, Devontae Parker, we we know what he can do. He's been a good possession um, wide receiver for, for a few years, a little bit better than a possession wide receiver. Not really sure what to do with that situation. The running back situation, Miami's gross. If you take a look at the um, snap percentage distribution here, you've got Gaskin, uh, Brown, and Ahmed really all working in. The snap, uh, the rush percentages aren't high enough for any of them. The one encouraging thing, I guess, is that they do throw two miles Gaskin a little bit, but he's not priced in such a spot that where I'm going to be excited. I think he's not unplayable, but just not super exciting. Um, and on the Buffalo side, you know, of course, it's the same old, same old man. Beasley, you know, Emmanuel Sanders had a ton of air yards. He will have big games this year. So I would say just keep an eye on Emmanuel Sanders. And Diggs and, and Beasley are still doing their thing, getting 30. Uh, Beasley last week, almost 30% of the targets. I don't know that he'll be able to maintain that throughout the course of a season. He rarely does. But, you know, Beasley, man, if he's going to be getting anywhere near 20, 25% of those targets at, at 4,600 on DraftKings, man, load the fuck up on that. So I always stack Josh Allen. Every I don't care what the spread is. I always want to make sure I have Josh Allen exposure. He pops off. He pops off the best when you're not paying attention. So I think people won't be paying attention this week after the dud last week. Stud off a dud narrative. You get him at low ownership. I like it, right? Is it my primary? No, because I'm fucking going crazy on Dak and, and Herbert in that game. So these are just all secondary plays. Everything is focused around Dak, Herbert, and that game. But this is some secondary stuff that's interesting. All right, here's a gross one. Patriots, Jets. Not much to say. 42-point total. Patriots rode five-and-a-half-point favorites. You know, Mac Wilson looked, uh, Mac Jones looked good. Zach Wilson, kind of a little sketchy. Start the game out last week. Looked a little bit better as the game wore on. 
connection with Corey Davis is there, but you know, New England can take out your best player. They have uh, elite cornerback play. So um, I don't really like Corey Davis here. I think he's going to be negated pretty easily by uh, elite um, New England cornerbacks. Anything to like here on this game from betting angles, John? Um, this is probably not a game I'm going to bet. I think if I had to lean here, you know, it's tough. It's tough to do it, but you got to lean on the Jets plus the points. Uh, that's a lot. Um, two rookie quarterbacks. I I get it. Jets um, at home. Jets are home. They they don't. You know, that's not they, that good. Not they're that not good. that good. It's I don't know where they. You know, I just don't think the Patriots are good enough to be laying that kind of wood on 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 the road to any team. Obviously, the Jets are probably right now um, the worst team as far as power rankings go. Uh, but New England's not that much better. Uh, New England's a bottom half of the of the uh, league type of team, so that's a lot of points for a rookie quarterback to go on the road and have to cover. So I don't like I don't like the Patriots there. Um, if I'm if I had to make a bet, it's going to be the Jets. Now the forty one and a half. I can see that you know you can see that game going under, uh, which a lot of people people don't like to bet unders and they don't like to bet unders on low totals like this. But I could you know you could see this just being a struggle for both teams. You know you, you've got Belichick, who we 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 know his history with rookie quarterbacks. You know why why can't this game just be 14-10, Call it, it a day. Can, oh, it so can. This is definitely the under is screaming on this one. The the full avoid the only player. That I'm even mildly interested in for fantasy is is um, Damian Snacks Harris because you know I think the Patriots will just lean on the run, use their defense, and get the win, you know. But maybe not cover the five and a half points along the way, or maybe you know some some Jets mir- miracle, you know, final drive turnover on the Jets side, you know, on the Patriots side, and they f- squeak a win in as well. So yeah, this game has 17 10 written all over it 1713 seems like a 30 33 pointer definitely the under easily um all right let's move on raiders steelers at the steelers five and a half point favorites at home game total 47 we saw a pretty good looking raiders team on monday night but will that carry over steelers defense is very very good they just held the bills down um raiders only have eyes for Waller. I saw a little bit of Brian Edwards looking okay in that game. Late in the game, they remember that he's on the team, start throwing to him. He looked pretty good. Um, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I think you got to be worried a little bit about uh, the Raiders here coming off that game. This is a big hangover type of game. Uh, just dramatic win. Never thought they, they, you know, I'm sure they didn't think they were going to be able to pull that out. Then they had it and, and, and that was, almost uh, lost it. But let me just let me just say for a second here. That fucking game, I was in first place so many times on FanDuel at the end of the game, and the game should have just ended, and somehow it would continue. Then they just need to kick a field goal, and I'm going to win it, and he throws a touchdown. I'm like, what is going on? Why why are they refusing to allow me to win this showdown tournament on FanDuel? Why, John? Why did they do it to me? I, want I don't know if they, yeah, I don't know if they specifically were targeting you, but it felt, uh, it felt personal. There, there was, there was just, uh, that that end of that game was ridiculous. I mean, it was it was entertaining, but a lot of stupidity at the end of that game, and and then the stupidity by the coaching staff made the you know by not having the the kicking team ready caused them to bring out the offense and then score that. Do you understand? If they just kick it, the 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 delay of game, then they throw the touchdown. I'm like, I won, I got this. I'm already like fucking counting the money. 
I'm like, all right, that makes up for a pretty shitty main slate. Fucking got this shit. Post it and getting ready to post it in the Discord. Winner, motherfuckers. Like, I was already screenshotting it. And then it's gone. Yeah. What? What? Why would they throw a touchdown there? That was that that was brutal. But yeah, you could see the hangover game coming, and they just don't they, you know, they kind of show up flat. I think Pittsburgh's another one of those teams I was I was pretty bullish on coming into the year. Uh, I think people just kind of wrote off uh Ben a little a little early with all those weapons. I think he can, you know, he's not 10 years ago, Ben, but I, I think with, with the weapons they have, I like the weapon. Now they didn't use Harris. Um, you know, Harris didn't get the points, but he was out on the field quite a bit, right? He was Beyond out there quite a bit. Yeah. 100% of the snaps, the rare, you never see this, a running back on the field, every single snap of the game. Now, I think this is a, I think this is a good spot, All right? You're going to be able to run on, on this team. I thought there were pretty big holes there for Baltimore. I think we're going to see that. In this in this game for Harris, so I, you know, without without diving in deep, just eyeballing it, I thought Harris would be a a pretty good play in this game. Yeah, my my, my TLDR version of this is fuck Vegas, don't don't mess with them. Uh, you know, you can always play Waller every week, that's fine, but I'm not messing with the Raiders here. I love the Steelers side of this. Harris, hundred percent um, on the field all the time. Much better matchup this week. And of course, cheat code Deontay Johnson, always my guy, 31%. Uh, even Juju Smith-Schuster got a lot of targets last week, but Deontay remains my primary guy. Of course, he always seems to get hurt in the middle of a game, comes back out, doesn't come back out. So be ready for the um, tears if he goes in the locker room and gets himself hurt again, um, you know, crying. But then he comes back out and then you're like, all right, he came back. Cool. But yeah, Deontay, Najee Harris. Those are the plays from that game. N nothing else. All right. Uh, we just did Steelers. Saints-Panthers. You know, Saints-Panthers. Saints road, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Low total game, 44.5. So got a couple of interesting narratives, John, here. Number one, Saints, are they great or the Packers suck? I don't know. Yeah, that, that You know, this is an interesting one, right? Because Saints are just coming off uh, the worst loss you know they just they just hung the worst loss in uh, Rogers' career on them. It, that game was it was just probably the shocker of the weekend. Carolina looked pretty good. You know they play the Jets now. I listened to you again on that uh, with Anthony Gargano on, on the Wise Guys. Now he's Gargano. He's he yeah, loves Carolina here. Loves Carolina and he loves Carolina on the year. So we'll see how we'll see what he does. But he was extremely extremely bullish. Carolina to make the playoffs this year with your boy Darnold. That would really be a kick in the nuts if that happened uh, for you. And I and I feel terrible. Trust me. But this is a game. Wouldn't you just this game looks like the line should have been higher. It looks like they're trapping you in on a Saint. You know, Saints just like I said, beat the absolute crap out of Green Bay and Carolina. No one's going to give him much credit for beating the Jets. And the game's only three and a half. Seems low. So, you know, I, I think they're trying to suck you in on, on a uh, Saints bet here. Let me tell you, there's never been a time where the matchups tool is more useful than this fucking game. Take a look on screen here at what you're seeing because it's going to surprise you, right? Everybody's talking about, on, on the Saints side, Jawan Johnson. 
Jawan Johnson. Oh, tight end Jawan Johnson. Meanwhile, Adam Troutman was on the field 82% of the snaps. Jawan Johnson, only 19% of the snaps. What? All right. Everybody talk. The big games were had by Deontay Harris, by some of these other random wide receivers last week. But meanwhile, Marquez Callaway was out there 83% of the snaps last week. So it's just something to pay attention to. Like, no one's going to play Marquez Callaway here. No one wants to go back to that. They all got burned last month. The perfect time to go back to Marquez Callaway is now. We already knew he was going to have a bad game last week um, uh, just because he was going to be so fucking chalk. Of course, he was going to have a bad game. Uh, on the other side, the, what interests me here is just to noting that Robbie Anderson, though he did have the big game, only got a very small number of targets relative to DJ Moore and uh, Terrace Marshall. And of course, listen, are you going to go up against the man who like called the Gronk 2TD explosion and all of that? You know, Gargano loves Carolina, man. I'm, I'm with him. I'm, I'm not going against that. And wise guy, by the way, you don't want to go up against a wise guy. You don't know what happens. Somebody shows up knocking at your door, you know. You're like, what the hell? He's like, your sporting good shop is now my sporting good shop. I'm like, wait, what? What happened? He's like, yeah, this is my shop now. That's how it goes if you go against the man. So I'm not planning on doing that. Probably a wise right. decision. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to go that way. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You, you're from Brooklyn. Uh, we grew up not very far apart, my man. <laughs> That's right. Canarsie and Mill Basin. There were social clubs. There was like three social clubs on the walk from your house to my house back in the day. Uh, I'm very familiar. Yeah. All right. Um, New Orleans Saints Panther. All right. Next up, uh, Broncos, Jaguars. Broncos, six-point road favorites. Really, really tough here. 45-point total, man. Broncos, are they good? Jaguars looked horrible. Urban Myers doesn't give a fuck. He's like, USC called me. Uh, yeah, I'm totally not going to work there. You seen the face I'm doing looking down like like your kids lying to you about something and they just start looking down at the ground when they're saying the lie like, dude, you're a grown ass man. If you're going to fucking lie, look me in the eye when you do it. Man, normally, normally this would be a game I'd, I'd, I would like Jacksonville, but there's, there's too much going on that I, I probably won't have a bet on it, but um it's a spot that I like, you know, a game. I like a game where a team just uh, was disappointing the, the week prior. You usually get a little value coming in the next week. Uh, but this is this this kind of looks like it could snowball a little bit with the rookie quarterback. Um, if he loses some confidence, this is a guy, this is a kid who's pretty much won every game he ever started from high school. I think he maybe lost that one college game. That was about it. Um, you know, he might not be used to it. And, if this if this starts going in the wrong direction, who knows uh, what's going to happen with Jacksonville? The, the, this Denver team is probably better than you think. Um, I think they could still play decent de defense again. You know they're coming off a giant game where you know you're not going to get a lot of you're not going to get answers this week if they just totally shut out Jacksonville. You're going to have to see them against their division where you've got a little bit better offenses in there. But um, yeah, from a betting standpoint, I'm going to kind of stay away from this game. If I'm in a pool, I'll, I'll take Jacksonville just because that's the play I would normally make and hope I'm and and, and hope you know the behind the scenes stuff take care of themselves. But uh, for a bet, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay clear. Yeah, there's a couple of interesting DFS spots. Not not nothing great. Um, uh, a lot of people are gonna look to be drop dropping the Hamler this week, thinking KJ Hamler is the guy. I don't really know about that. I think it was T Tim Patrick who really seemed to come in and replace um, Juju Smith Schuster in that game, but. 
we won't really now. You know, now I'm hearing reports Hamler will be the starter, so I'm not really sure how that's going to go down. But um, beyond that, on the Denver side, actually, the player that's maybe a smidge interesting is Noah Font. I think he's going to be a guy at tight end that you know will be in my player mix for the week. I'm not, not a focal guy, but a guy who'll be in my player mix for the week. I think some people will play Melvin Gordon. I think that's very, very risky, and it's not something I'm going to be doing uh, at all. They raised his salary level for no reason other than that he had one crazy lucky run. So that that's not for me. Um, somebody else wants to play him. They're more than welcome to, but I will not be at 5,900. It's ridiculous, actually, and it's a donkey play. Um, he'll probably smash because of that, but it's still a donkey play. Um, Jacksonville side. Yeah. You can't trust any of this shit. I don't know what the fuck is going on over here. Uh, I can't touch their running backs. I don't want anything to do with them from uh, a DFS point of view. Not until we figure out what the hell is up there. And I, I don't think the upside is so large that I'm missing out on anything. There's no FOMO for me here. Yeah. I mean, Let's see where we're at. Yeah. Vikings Cardinals already done. Here's a core four game. Uh, huh, huh, huh. I think the last game. Did we, we did not talk Falcons Bucks because we, we didn't talk this one. No, we did not. Okay, just making sure. Because while it's a giant game total, it seems like all the points are going to the Bucks here. And there are some interesting angles from a DFS perspective. But John, I wanna I wanna what do you do in a giant spread like this where it looks like, yeah, that seems about right. From a betting standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, this there's no difference necessarily, but I, I always look, I always look to try to figure out why the underdog can win. I, I, I typically, typically when you bet games in the NFL, I, I want a team um, that I think could possibly win the game, regardless of the, the line. Once, once you get to this double digit, um, you know that changes a little bit. Also, blindly just betting double digit dogs historically has been not betting. All right, I shouldn't say betting, but if you're taking them in a pool, you've done better by taking. Uh, double-digit dogs. So if you're betting and you start the angle by, okay, I'm going to see why, you know, can I come up with any other reasons here why the Falcons keep this close? Um, it's probably a better idea than laying 12, 13, 14 points in, in a lot of instances. So um, that's what I'll say about big spread games. Now, Tampa with Brady, you've heard me talk about this before. I don't like, especially once we get maybe to like week three or four, I don't like going against Brady, Mahomes, Wilson, um, Rogers, right? Those quarterbacks, I don't like uh, betting against. Early in the season, you can get away with it a little bit. So, uh, with all that put together, this is probably a game that I'm I'm going to pass on from a betting standpoint. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, you know, from a DFS angles, I think you have to full blast just get get away from the Falcons. Here did not look very good against a less a lesser um version of this defense. Um, last week where, you know, it was the Eagles in and Eagles is not as good. Now you've got a much, much better uh, Bucks defense coming into town. It, it, it just could get ugly here for the Falcons. As far as the Bucks side, I'm just, you know, you know, what's horrible is that the numbers, everything here screams play the Bucks running back. But who is that? Now they're saying it's Ron Jones Jr. Again. Oh, we're going to put him back in there. You know, I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that's not real. I don't know if I believe it. So it's man, I I don't know if I don't know if they got the balls to do it. I don't think I do. 
Like, John, can you play? Are yeah. you in your mass multi Andrew? Can you play Ron Jones Jr. here? He's going to be cheap. Like, I, I want to think I, that I have the balls for it, but I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't think. Yeah, and in MME, I think I think a few shares are, you you could do it, but um, you know, it's 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 weird. You know, with this this coach and the quarterback with Arians and Brady, I think they just kind of get off on throwing the ball. Like, I mean, we know Brady, the type of player Brady is. This is normally a game where you say twelve points spread. You know, you don't necessarily want to stack it. I, I think Arians just likes to throw it. Um, I don't think the running backs in it are nearly as viable as they may be in a, for another team. So I would almost take a few uh, Tampa stacks here, even though it's not normally the games that we like. I know you're going to, you're going to like kind of eh, add it, I mean, uh, but I think total, you can play it. The team total for Tampa is the highest team total on the slate. Yeah. I, I think this is one of those games where I don't mind. I, I don't mind doing it um, just because of the way that, the way they play, the way the way Aaron's like the coach of the game. The running backs here, it's gonna be you know we're gonna be talking about it all year. I I don't know I don't know what to do uh, with their running back situation, but I do know that their wide receivers are really really good, and I think Evans, you know, he got locked down. I would not be surprised if he just has a monster game here this week. Wouldn't it be funny? It, it is a very Brady thing to go into this game and just throw for five touchdowns through three quarters. Yeah, I I could see that like Brady. You know, I think Brady likes to just troll the league. Uh, he's been trolling Atlanta this week. If you saw the uh, video not. that he put out, he put a video out at exactly 3.28. He had a clock, a digital clock, like right over his shoulder. 28 to 3 was that, you know, the Super Bowl oh, okay. against Atlanta. And he put a he put a video out. And uh, I mean, I, how people notice that, they but they do. So he put a video out with the clock at 3.28. Awesome. So I think... That guy's um, goat level fucking troll. He's good. As much as he's goat level quarterback of all time. He's good, man. But yeah, I I could see Evans bouncing back. He got totally shut down um last week. Uh so I, I could see that happening. I, I wouldn't necessarily you know, sometimes in these big games too, you like to go to the the uh the tight end um uh, sometimes, but but um I don't Gronk. I don't yeah, I, I don't see all you know Gronk's not getting it too. That was all a Gargano. That's amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. Gargano nailed that one too with the two touchdowns. What was great about it was everybody's kind of thinking, oh, Gronk starts slow. OJ Howard, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Gronk yeah. picks up right where he left off, looking like we might see Gronk elevate to an elite tight end this year, like priced in that zone just below Waller and and um and healthy. To me, Gronk is all about touchdowns, though, right? He is not a he's not the receiver that a Waller, or Kelsey, he's not that type of receiver. He's slow, but he's big and strong. No, he'll so not be down. Though. He's just Smash. a red zone machine. Yeah. Um, he's not going to get you a ton of yards. So when you take Gronk, he better score you the two touchdowns. So I don't mind not being in on Gronk most weeks. Um, he's not going to get all those touchdowns all the time. So. In this game, yeah, Evans. Where do I have him in my in my probabilities? Yeah, that's my Godwin's actually my fourth, um, my fourth best stack, followed by Brown and then Evans. But I, I'm kind of. You no, know, it's funny. I would not have been on any of these, but I'm gonna. I'm believing. I believe in your probability sheet, and I believe in what you're saying right now. This is exactly the kind of game I normally wouldn't stack. I would be like, no, it's not a close game. I don't want it. And then it goes off. So fuck that. Let's just get on this game this week. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna want to have some pieces of this game. 
I like it, man. All right. Stack up the Brady side. Do not get a comeback. We don't need anything from the Falcons. Definitely not touch it. Mike Davis is popping, by the way, is one of the best values. Don't play him. You do not play running backs against Tampa. That is never no. a good idea. So I don't care what he pops on any projection model. I'm not touching Mike Davis at all. No likey. I don't want it. And you know what? Fuck Ron Jones Jr., man. That guy's dead to me. Fuck that guy. He's dead to me. I'm not playing him. I'm not getting sucked in. It's going to be Brady throwing touchdowns. All right, guys. That'll do it for the game plan. NFL Week 2. Again, make sure you check out Owner's Box. They are giving you a free $10 entry. All you use is promo code DREW9. DREW9. You got to use the link in the description to this video slash podcast, however you're listening to it, in order to qualify. So make sure you do that. Of course, make sure you download the Sharp app if you want John's free bet of the day every single day. And of course, a month of sharpbets.app betting community. You will get that as well for free when you download the app. It is a no-brainer. And of course, if you're not signed up for DFS Army, what? What? Get signed up as a DFSArmy.com VIP. We are the, we extended the kickoff promo code till the till the kickoff week two. So there's still a chance to get 20% off VIP or core four. If you watch the show, you probably want the core four because we always talk about the core four, but it's a totally different thing. The core four is core four sports, golf, basketball, baseball, football. If that's all you want, 20% off. Awesome deal. All right. For John Statsation Alessia, myself, Kevin, Geek Allen. Good luck this week. We'll see you at the top of the leaderboards. And we'll be back here next time, Thursday, for the game plan. Deuces, everyone.